0: that's one thing they miss in star trek was like social media stuff where they'd like scan a rock and then post it to facebook like look i'm on uh series 12 y'all just found some sweet rock sample <laughs> and like uploaded it. everyone puts a meme of like the rock smashing there's like memes everywhere you listening to good bad or bullshit
1: Hello, and welcome to the Good, Bad, or Bullshit Podcast. Three guys, unlimited opinion. The place for conversation is the foundation for higher thought. My name is Darth Bo. And joining me today is my uh, Sith apprentice, Darth Michael. Hello, Darth
0: Michael. Darth Michael, that's kind of lame. Hello, Darth. <laughs> my master, and <laughs> and, and um,
1: also joining us is this strange-looking alien that calls himself Jar Jar Binks. Hello, Jar Jar.
2: <laughs> Misa, so happy. Misa, <laughs> love podcasts.
0: There's been a, there's been a Jar Jar reference in like this is is this back to back episodes possibly. It was something like that.
2: You know, we should do seasonal good, bad, or bullshit drinking games, and be like, okay, for this season, you guys drink whenever we do a bad Jar Jar Binks impersonation. Or is
0: there is there really a bad Jar Jar Binks impersonation? They're all kind of good. Hey, what'd you guys think it's... of the porg? The one Crofton,
2: by the way. Yeah, That's this my is group. Crofton
1: Steers. That's Michael Hodgins. I'm Bo Schwartz, and we're about to talk
2: about porgs. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Porks are the. You know, in that trailer for the oh, yeah. Star Wars, it was that. You didn't see the trailer?
0: I saw the trailer. I was just too worried about them ruining and doing <laughs> saw, shitty stuff with the Star Wars. It was the most anxious the two porcs.
1: minutes of his life. He's like, I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> ah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I am so i do not care
0: about the porks. There's always some dumb thing like that in a Star Wars movie. Who cares? I know,
2: but everybody's going nuts for the pork. Whatever. <laughs> it's sure, funny. Man. All he does is do this one yell. Ah, I just think it's funny because you know you've got Chewie who's in the Millennium Falcon, and you might be thinking to yourself, "Geez, Han Solo's dead. Who who are they going to replace him with? What type of character will it be? You know, a penguin. You know, like it, will it be like dashing pilot from the first movie, Poe Dameron, or will it be some CG screaming Ewok? <laughs> yeah. The latter is true.
0: I instantly saw a picture of, what's his face from Community who's going to be playing Lando Calrissian in the new... uh,
1: Oh, Donald Glover, a.k.a. He does look like...
0: He he does make a good Lando. I I was like, yeah, I can see that. Oh, shit, I haven't seen that photo. He looks... It's a recent one where... And it was like, is Woody Harrelson in that movie too? I was like... Yeah, "Mm." Yeah,
2: yeah. He plays Han Solo's, like, mentor or whatever. Incidentally, that movie's been titled. It's called... Solo.
0: Yeah, some people are kind of shitting on that as a. I don't know. Whatever.
1: I shit on the it. Floodgates. What have a terrible opened. name for a movie. Solo.
0: It's bad. I just couldn't. I didn't realize it was Ron Howard. I. I did not know. He it was wasn't a, him. The great.
1: director originally on it had creative differences, and I think got fired or left. Yeah, I off. heard that too. And so Ron Howard's in there doing damage control. It's it not too, like a. It was,
2: it was a. St- the two guys who did the Lego movie there, they've done a lot of sort of like comedic movies. And I think the studio felt it was going too comedic or whatever, and they brought in Ron Apollo 13 Howard.
0: Yeah, Ron Howard, I mean, he's got a pretty good track record, so we'll see. Yeah, hey, unrelated, dog. I want to change the topic. We could talk about Star Wait, Wars forever. Okay. We already have. What? But I want to ask, I actually want to ask a question. To both of you guys that I want legit answers for. Okay. Uh, we always have the joke before the sh- Every time we, we go to do one of these shows, Bo always is about to eat and it takes like an hour and a half. And then I was two, thinking. Two I was like, hours. Or so, yeah, a long time. And, and then I was like, what, is, what, is, what did Bo eat? I was really, And so I really want to know, Well, what did you have for I had dinner?
1: like ramen noodles and there's still pizza pops in the oven.
0: So you had. Okay. You want to have
1: it out on the show. No, I, I have I w- two I'm hours before curious. we start recording. And I didn't know we were doing a show today. <laughs> Cause you had your, you had to have your brain scanned and, Whoa. and so, so it was like no show tonight. Take it easy. I got home, started working on actually post-production on one of our episodes.
0: And then it was like, Oh, the
1: calls in, we can do it. And I was like, ah, scrambling. So, and then
0: I don't keep groceries in the house. Well, there's no judgment. I just was curious. So ramen noodles and pizza pops. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, I only, often, ate a, I only ate half the ramen noodles.
2: What, um, did,
0: what did you have for dinner?
2: Uh, I had, um, uh, pasta with sauce and like veggies. Meat-based sauce? Uh, no, just the sauce in the jar. Like, like... <laughs> tomato, <laughs> think he's eat? tomato sauce just uh just question because you guys tried to breeze over it and stuff like that but like bo's like oh you gotta have your head scan but mike do you want to talk about your head scan because people are probably like what the f is going on
0: oh i had to have a cat scan or i still do have to have a cat scan because uh i don't know maybe i have a brain problem i'm not sure i have these like that would uh, it explain so much a brain problem. Wasn't there, isn't there like an episode of Star Trek? Was it Star Trek The Next Generation where some, some person became super smart because they had a brain tumor and then they're like, if we remove the brain tumor, you'll lose all their smarts. I can't remember if that was from Star Trek. That sounds like a Star Trek episode, but. Anyways, and I'm like, what does that happen to be? They'll lobotomize me. (laughs) No, I I sometimes get this like, uh, I don't know, an aura, like pre, like people get pre-migraines, they get something called an aura. So I get that sometimes, but I don't have a headache. So that's like, I don't know. So I got to go have a CAT scan. So hopefully, fingers crossed, that I don't need to have a brain amputation or something or a tumor. You never know. It's possible.
2: I I just think that, uh, that like, I know what a CAT scan is, but maybe it's in the way that you say it. I just imagine this cat who is, like, Meow. just cr- crawling across your brain. And then he just sits down because it's nice and warm. And it's like – and then next episode we're like, so, Mike, how would it go? And you're like, what's well, good? Cat's, <laughs> cat says I'm fine. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's good, I guess. We'll move on. But, yeah, no, brain stuff is scary for sure. Um, well, I
0: mean, who knows? It's, it's mostly, I think, a precaution because it's likely just kind of uh, atypical migraine. But uh, anyways, it's, it's question, always interesting to be in the medical stuff.
2: Question, how soon is too soon to replace you on this show – uh like should we wait you know until you're well, like I think really in the
0: hospital it, i'm irreplaceable i'd like to see your candidates
2: ladies and gentlemen scott johnson see you mike <laughs> dun, 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 he's dun, too much dun. a
0: host you need a you need a curmudgeon
2: it's true he's too nice
0: he'd take over like the bow roll bow roll
2: i don't know um, take anyways, over the you know, mic roll
1: Sorry, I take over the mic roll as the smart, uh, well-read one.
0: Well-read one. That's,
2: isn't that my rule?
0: Well, the question I was expecting to answer wasn't about my personal health problems, but it was was I had you stew. Have up. I had stew for dinner. Oh, great! Reheated stew it was leftover stew, but it was a good stew. Oh my god! We, this
1: whenever like question seven, whenever... I forgot about that part. The so what? This was question because I forgot that you asked what we were eating.
0: Well, I was actually curious and then I was like, Oh, what did we all eat today? I, I always associate Crofton with just eating pasta with sauce as well. So it's funny that it's he basically ate that.
1: the closest it's like pizza but not in pizza shape, basically. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's still it's, it's still like grain with, with tomato sauce, sauce
2: and cheese. And you know when I said there were veggies with it, that was a lie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you liar! Why? I wanted an honest. Answer. Bo was Is honest. It... He said ramen noodles and pizza
0: Bo... pops. No one would admit to that. I didn't eat Bo the pizza was pops.
1: Totally honest. They're still in the oven, just
2: freezing now. So. I will say, though, that I did like how you're like, no, no, we need to stay on task about what we had for supper. Oh, by the way, I may have a crippling health problem, but (laughs) let's just keep talking about the supper food. I'm like, well, well, when
0: I went to see my doctor, she was like, well, you have the appearance of a healthy person. I'm like, great. That's that's the main thing (laughs) On the
2: outside. It looks good.
0: No, like we should did some other tests about you know you, they can do other sort of things to see if your brain is working properly. But anyway,s then you get blood tests, CAT scan, EKG, all this stuff, and then I'll find out uh,
2: who knows what. You do realize if you do have a brain problem, I'm going to bring it up all the time in picking apart your opinions on this show. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll be like, and then I'll yeah. be
0: like, and I, I'll, but then I'll just say, but Crofton, I have a brain problem, and I'm still smarter than you. So what does that say? Eh? Eh? All right. Speaking of brain problems. It's time,
1: to, <laughs> it's time to pick a random topic and attempt to talk about it. All right. You ready, Mike? Let's go. Yeah. We're like eight minutes in. Ten people have stopped listening. The other ten are still here. All right. <laughs> let's go. Let's
2: go. Let's <coughs>
0: The topic today is, are is our placement agencies.
1: Placement agencies. Because I find
2: it a job. I find this is an interesting topic. Just like because job I job placement, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, that's what I thought anyway. Like the yeah. employment agencies, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, I place you
0: in a job,
2: I guess. Yeah, that does need to be said. You know what was my first exposure to impl- <laughs> placement agencies was this video game surprise uh, that I played when I was a kid called Jones in the Fast Lane, and it was essentially it was essentially a board game, a virtual board game about keeping up with the Joneses, um, <laughs> and, uh, and and uh, so you would play out a week, and uh, each turn was a week, and like your marbles moved around the board, and you could get. Jobs and stuff. But instead of going to the places where you would get the jobs, like taking your marble and going to McDonald's or going to the factory or going wherever on the board, you had to go to the employment agency. And as a kid playing this game, I didn't understand that. I'm like, I don't get it. Like, why wouldn't I just go to the place that offers the job to get that job? But as an adult, I'm starting to understand how it works a lot a lot more. Like I have a little bit of experience with placement agencies, but I don't think as much as either of you guys.
0: Mm, I've had a fair Well, month. I have to send it to Board. I don't think I have ever used a placement agency. Yeah, I've I don't I've actually used nothing. them
1: quite extensively, I'd say. Well, then you better start us off cuz I don't Okay. I,
0: I might have gone into one once, but I certainly never got a job through one. So,
1: so when I was a young man, i go, like, oh, here we go. You know, the whole idea of a, finding a job was go walk around, knock on people's doors, and say, hey, I'm a person looking for a job, and here's a piece of paper with all my stuff on it. Can you hire me? But then at a certain point, you kind of realize, I mean, that works for your grocery store. Maybe the guy who's shoveling in the quarry. You walk to the quarry and help him out. But um, it's hard to know where to go and what opportunities are out there. So one of the ways that you can do that is a person whose professional life is connecting job seekers with employers. And that's what placement agencies do. Does And it's kind of like the internet before the internet. We have the internet now which is, has its own services. This is more... It's so more personal. Even though you have the internet, the internet's highly impersonal. It's highly things are done in the aggregate. So you can put a job posting out there and get a thousand applicants. And that's actually I think if you're an employer, a worse problem than having no applicants, because now you've just created a bunch of work for yourself. Um <clears throat> so so I think what ideally a recruiter or job placement agency, that kind of thing. Is going to know who their workers are, know who their employer clients are, and try and match them up as best as possible and get people employment in areas that, you know, match, for lack of a better word. It's almost like uh, um, eHarmony in real life. You're Cupid for but, jobs. But they take
0: like half of your salary, right? Okay, well hang on, there's a
1: few things... There's a few things that happen here, to my knowledge. So I've been on both sides of the relationship with a recruiter. So if you get placed in a permanent position, what they'll typically do, like let's say, let's say I want, a, I don't know, what, what kind of business am I in? Let's say I operate a salt mine and I need a salt miner. And and how much to salt? How much are you gonna pay that salt miner? Well, we're gonna pay him sixty grand a year, let's say, to salt. Mine Sweet. To but I can't find salt miners because they, they they come from all around the world. You can't just hire them in the local town. Not any Yahoo can mine salt. You can mine any old rock, but salt is special. Hodgins will do it. So, well, he might not live in 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 the town nearby in Dildo, Newfoundland. And Plus so he's
2: got brain problems.
1: So, uh, <laughs> let's not make fun of him for that. Okay, it's serious. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so I'm going to pay him 60 grand. So the recruiter says, "Let me find let, let me let me do my magic. If I hire somebody, I'm going to send you some people to interview. Person you hire, you give me 20% of their annual wage as a finder's fee. I'll guarantee them for 6 months, which means if they don't work out, maybe we'll replace them with someone else, but basically so on 60 grand what is what is 20% 60 grand Nobody
2: told me there'd be math. It's
1: 12 that's 12,000 bucks. That's a good that's a good fee. That's almost as bad as realtors. But it's a almost it, it's 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 um you know this is this is very important. It's very expensive to hire to fire. It's a lot of it's very time consuming. You lose business if your people that you hire are not producing for you. There could be training time salt mines you don't just pick up on day 1 and are good at it you need a couple months to really get going so so these per, they come with sort of a guarantee a personal touch and they get 12 grand for this expertise the other thing they do is staffing placement which is the thing probably most people are thinking of which is well we can't find a qualified salt miner but what if we got you some yahoo and you charge them. I'll charge you twenty bucks an hour, and that's like a lot less. And then what the recruiter does is, it, it says whoever I send in, you take, and we'll guarantee they'll be good or you know good enough. So you pay them twenty bucks an hour, and the recruiter turns around and pays them five dollars an hour, or something like that, you know, or eight dollars. Minimum wage is a lot higher here, so let's just say it's it's. I think it's eleven fifty right now. So, so then they take a percentage of your hourly wage, and those those are the two primary services that I'm familiar with that recruiters offer, which is like headhunting good people, or staffing bodies,
2: usually for so, less
1: qualified positions.
2: So the thing is, is like I could understand where the people would begrudge recruiters a lot of stuff because you'd be frustrated if a recruiter doesn't find you a job. B the recruiter finds you a job, but then takes a giant uh, portion of your paycheck, mm-hmm. or C, um, if if the recruiter uh, you know gets in the way after you've you've you started a job of you becoming permanently staffed by that organization, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or maybe the organization doesn't staff you because of the stupid agency wanting a cut or something like that. Like I can understand all those things as being super frustrating, but at the same time, it feels like, like if you're screwed and you need to find a job quick and like somebody that has a lot of connections and you're willing to work in a field and you're you say new in town and like, like that they provide, like I, I use a term, I guess necessary evil, um, Yes, it's possible to get jobs through contacts and friends and other ways. But if you don't necessarily have a bunch of those or a, a network set up or you're just getting started, like it feels like, I mean, they're a, they're a, a tool that sucks to use sometimes, sucks that you have to give them a big chunk, chunk of money, but you wouldn't even have any money if you didn't get their help to begin with. Is that safe to say? Like, you, a,
0: you also said, Bo, that you're on, you were on both ends of this. Like, yeah. so when you, so because I, because I, like if I hired you're hiring someone, yeah. is it that you basically are outsourcing the whole hiring process, yeah. which can be so a big? You know,
1: v- a big value add for a recruiter is at scale. So if you are, I mean, it doesn't matter what size, but if the cost of maintaining your own recruitment team in house and purchasing all those technologies and techniques that they use to maintain a database of personnel for hire. It's cheaper to outsource it if and when you need it, that way I'm only paying for the service when I'm hiring people and I'm not paying salaries to to recruiters internally if I'm say IBM. maybe IBM does that like I think really large companies invest in their own recruitment and probably partner and it's probably quite complex but but definitely in the situation. I worked in, we had no, none of that internally, but we were, you know, it was a national provider. We needed service. We needed assistance and expertise and meeting people straight off the internet. It's a non-starter. You need like, you want some reasonable assurance that people have been vetted and some time's been spent looking at them. So there is value in that. And 20% of a salary sounds like a lot, but the business might have a staff of my salt mine might have a hundred salt mine workers. Ten percent is a you know, very small percentage of my labor budget, so it's
2: affordable. But you wouldn't you also wouldn't have to necessarily compensate them even in the same manner that you would compensate regular uh, employees, and we live in a government town where the main employer is government, to get into the government in a permanent way, you need to go through a bunch of hoops of job competitions and language testing and this and that and the other thing. Um, when urgent staffing is needed, the placement going through an employment agency, the the, the employment agency is, the, is seen as the employer of that person. So that person is employed by the employment agency and the government is just – or a company is just hiring said employment agency like they would a contractor for fixing – like they would fixing their printers or whatever uh, for a finite period of time. And so what that means is that the benefits um, due to the the, the employee – would be the benefits of the employment agency and not necessarily the benefits of an employer. So like I've seen companies that have said, we pay on average our employees X amount of money, like $70,000 of money, uh, $70,000 a year. And then it turns out that in fact, half the floor are placement agency workers that are paid 30 grand a year, right? And but they don't count as employees. They don't get health benefits. They don't get any of this stuff because they're sort of like, you know, backdoor and supposedly for temporary periods of time. But often um those temporary periods like get longer and longer and longer. The the cost of paying the placement agency is just cost of cost of business or whatever, and it's just worked in. Um and then new people are brought in and all that. So there's a certain amount of disposableness. To the employees in that structure, I find.
0: Well, it could. I mean, so with I understand, like you know, when we're in a bubble of a gov- of a government town that has a really kind of crazy way of hiring people, in the sense that it takes a very long time. Uh, because, like, if you were a private industry person, because uh, I, I could look at it this way, and you wanted to hire people. And it and it can cost a lot of money to hire people. I mean, again, another government, Canadian government statistic. But I knew an HR person who told me it costs about a hundred thousand dollars to hire a person in the government, which is a disgusting amount of uh, a disgusting amount of money to to see spent to hire someone. Right. So, like, if you if I was a private company that it wasn't bound by the same and 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 a, in the government, they're never going to hire somebody. Um, you know, permanently through through one of these agencies, it's always be temp. But that's not necessarily true for a private sector um, thing in the private sector. You might say, like, OK, let's I need people. It costs a lot of money to do all this vetting, hire a placement agency. You get a bunch of people and you get them working, you're kind of rolling. And then you might feel after a year or six months of having these people, then you might say, like, OK, like, you know, these 10 are awesome. Let's just hire them. Uh, after the terms up, because we're private sector, we do whatever we want. We'll hire them because they're good, done. And now you've saved all that money in the hiring process. And then the ones that are no good, you just say, like, yeah, you know, terms up, whatever, we don't need you guys. And then, so like, I could see the huge advantage of using uh, a placement agency if you're in the private sector and you're not bound by these hiring protocols as a way to get people fast and save money. Like, it seems efficient in that sense.
2: It just seems like – again, I go back to the term necessary evil in the sense – it makes it sound like they're evil, but it's just the idea that everybody uses them on, on – not on the hiring and like – the empl- the employer end but on the employee end is likely to be dissatisfied in some regard because they're you know and i i went through some of the the reasons of why that could be but like as soon as you have somebody taking the cut of your money think of how how many people are pissed off at taxes they pay right so, so um i i just i understand the benefits but i also understand why people uh why people are get genuinely pissed off um Uh, You know, at these things, because I I tell you, I know a ton of people who have railed against uh, placement agencies and they're being like, oh, you know, they want to get in as a a permanent employee, be it a government or a company, and they're – um. And they're unable to, uh, but yet they're pulling in a check from the placement agencies. Like, they are getting something, but they're they're treated like shit. They're not getting, you know, they're waiting for their next phone call. Of They only find out if their contract's going to be renewed last minute. You know, they've got to do their timesheets and all this and get them signed and send them into – the agency – like, the agency doesn't build any goodwill with the person. Like, yes, they may end up being the person uh, – the the institution that enables them to get a sweet long-term career job. But, you know, like, people don't seem to appreciate that part of it. They're just like, you know, screw this group that takes money from me and, like, controls my fate, you know?
1: Well, yeah I... – so, wait, are you saying, are you pro the fact that placement agencies try to form relationships? Because they've had good experiences.
2: I'm just but I'm just saying that I, I understand why people... I haven't met very many people who speak positively of placement agencies from the hiring mm-hmm. angle. Even if they've started their careers or gotten jobs through placement agencies, they seem like people are... They're like the. That's why I drew the the comparison to the tax men. They just seem genuinely dissatisfied, and so that's why I say yeah. people use them like a necessary evil, as opposed to like being like, yeah. "Oh wow, this placement yeah. agency really helped me out, and we worked together, and now I've started my career, and thanks a lot, placement agency." You know, nobody seems to be like that.
1: Yeah, I had an interesting interaction on the negative side with the place a placement agency, and it's like. This placement agency's policies were statutory holidays. Okay, so let's say there's a statutory holiday on a Monday. The rule is I got to work the Friday before and the Tuesday after a statutory holiday to be paid for the statutory holiday. Let's say it's Canada Day. If I call in sick, I think even if I take a vacation, if I don't work on one of those days, I don't get paid. So this happened to me. I don't get the statutory pay. And this happened to me and I had either forgotten or I didn't know what was going on. And I called them and I said, Can you please pay me my statutory pay? You pay me minimum wage and you when you signed the contract for a year for me working in this place, you budgeted that I be paid all my statutory holidays. And you can't tell me that one you know, one sick day uh, should make that should take that away. And they said, Well, in Ontario the minimum requirement that the law states is we don't have to pay you for the Friday. If you, you know, we don't have to do this. Like if you don't work either one of those days then we don't have to pay you. And I was like, yeah, that's that's what the minimum says. But you're going to pay me my day, right? Because like, well, no, the minimum says that. I'm like, just because something's a minimum doesn't mean you have to do it. It's not the policy it's a minimum requirement, and they tried to shit me around on not paying me my stat holiday. I said, "Look, I'm a good worker. Maybe you're allowed to not pay me. Are you going to be a dick about it? Like you should just give me my money." And they gave me my money, like <laughs> you know. And I was oh, just like, "Good for you, Bo." And it, it was like, "It's for minimum wage. What is it like, fifty dollars?" That I, you know, <laughs> I started a big argument with them for. But well, just, well, no. good for you, though. But, I, but this me. is this is the kind of shit that earns them a bad reputation, which is like they are doing the minimum. And rather than say, look, employee, we're only doing the minimum for you. They hide behind bullshit, you know, corporate speak or, or well, the policy of law. And, like, most of the people that work at recruiters, they're not as good or qualified in many cases as the people they're actually hiring or they'd be working at other places for the most part. Um, so so you, that's what earns do, them a bad rap is, is
2: are stories like that. That's really interesting, actually. I, and it, it made me think that, like, Why? So why – what they're doing there is they're pissing Bo off essentially and like they they actually caved to him, which is great. But like if they didn't or whatever, Mm -hmm. it it would be like in their minds, their employees are disposable because if you're a corporation or you're building a corporate culture, you're trying to get people to subscribe to your value system maybe um, – you know, and they were again, we're government, and they, there's a certain culture there. You want your employees to be motivated, to be involved, to be implicated. Um, in a placement agency, again, going back to my disposable uh, thing, it's like they know the that what they're there for. They're there to help get you started in your career, or in. in but what, then you're going to leave. Like you're, you're not going to stay with them long term. So why do they care if you like them? They just care about you making them the most money for the time that you're there and know that it doesn't matter how nice they are to you. Odds are you're going to, you're, you are going to leave one way or another because your intention is never to be a career placement agency person. Yeah. Right. yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that sounds right to me. Like it's, you know they know they they're only going to get the work out of you until you find something more gainful, but the fact is that they have opportunities that they can give you long term so so building up a good rapport with a placement agency is kind of good if you're looking for a deeper career, not in the not in the public service. I'm pretty sure it's probably true in the states as it is here <laughs> because no not even God can help you get through job comp- entering into the public workforce but uh, for private sector jobs, it's, you know, they're, they're, they've been a key instrument in most of my private sector jobs, you know, including uh, when I worked for CCTS. I did recruitment dirt shit jobs for a while, and then when that came up, they thought of me, and they placed me somewhere, and I worked directly for them. So, you know, that's... It's kind of a stepping stone. I think you get out of it what you put into it, but you do have to do a bit of networking. It helps to go to them and be personable and Try not to be a dick to them, um, unless again you're applying for work with the public service. In which case, even networking with God will not help you get. <laughs> so, so you can be as much of a dick as you want. It's all about what's fair in the in the rules. But, but like, and
0: look, let's like, I mean, why these things exist? Like, my experience with them is very minimal. In that, in that, I think there was, I can't remember when my mid twenties or something. I I needed, it came to a point where like I needed a job. And I felt all stressed about it, as most people do, you know. You need to get a job, so I think I went in. I went into one. I put my resume in, and and then, and then something. I got lucky. Something came along, and I, I got some other job. I don't even remember what it was. Um, it may have been the job that you helped me get, Crofton, in the government, short term, through through uh, through a, a contract, which was better. I can't remember which, but the point is, I do remember before but i got lucky and i and i really acknowledge that you know someone's like oh i know someone looking to get your job and then and then through someone else i knew i ended up getting a decent job in the government you know which is a good place to be working but there was a moment where i felt quite stressed about money i had none uh and i didn't see any coming and i was applying for jobs and a lot of the good jobs take a year to get and so i'm like fuck i need employment now." Uh, and so it came along, but I mean, a lot of people are, are are in these positions in some points in their lives where you need to get something quick. Um, you look around online, there's only garbage jobs, which aren't going to lead you. I mean, I shouldn't say garbage jobs, but like menial jobs. And if you're aiming to, you just say you got an education in a university and you're trying to get something in some kind of, you know, office setting for, to build experience, you need something. It can be hard and take a while and you need to so, so it makes sense that there are places to go. Uh, So I think that they bank on that. I mean, I mean, the thing that they that they trade on is people who need. I don't want to say are desperate for work, but look, a lot of people are des. You know, there's points. I felt desperate for work when I went in there. I'm like, I need this. I need something. You know, and they can help you. So they know that. So they can exploit you. You know, when you were talking earlier about like that, they're you're disposable to them. You're not. So they can treat you a bit like crap for two reasons. One, you're not going to stay. And two they know you need something. So, so they're going to be like, yeah, here's something you're going to be like, okay, uh, at least I got meal on the table for now. But the interesting thing about all this is that, is it, I mean, the trend these days, and again, we mentioned, we live in a bubble of a city with, 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 with a lot of people who have good salaried benefit jobs, but those let's face it are on the huge decline. And, uh, and yeah, I know Crofton put out himself. It's a privilege to have those jobs. I I'm one of those people. Uh, and uh and and Bo maybe soon too. But but the thing is is it is that in general people are going they call it the precariat, right? Where everyone is working contract jobs for set periods of time so that the job search phase phases in your life are going to be periodic and f- like frequent mm-hmm. periodic and those things are stressful like it's stressful to not to be without without a work having rent to pay having bills to pay and just like looking on job searches and trying to submit through you know some company and it might take months to get through and meanwhile you know so like if you put your hat in with a with a placement agency i can even though the the deal for you is not that good it's like it's like a life support system and to me they're only going to become more necessary as good employment uh you know secure employment uh, with benefits and whatever continues to decline i can't see these things going away the only thing i'll put forward before i'm done this little rant is that i also kind of don't see why these whole things haven't been replaced with a technology platform like you know i I, i'm kind of shocked that there's not just like an airbnb style app uh because like job search sites are not that they're basically classifieds but i'm i'm kind of shocked that there's not a better well, i guess like linkedin
1: is probably the best LinkedIn we have sucks, and man. Everyone i, knows I that. made a big stink on <laughs> no it's i, I mean, made a big stink a... on social media about closing my linkedin account and i actually got a lot of responses like really it's like important i'm like it's human vom- it's internet vomit it's like it's the worst
2: linkedin <laughs> is like the worst like to shit on all these social media platforms but linkedin has been really good for like direct hires and headhunting and stuff like that yeah, i guess like so but like if not had, like, for a crazy, people like awesome... me
1: sorry i was just gonna sorry, say not for people like i can't use it it's 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 horrible like i'll never use that to find a job
2: um. So just just to uh, d- d- uh, off of a uh, Mike's point, my experience with placement agency, which I think is notable uh, at how different it is, but I think what it does is provides a little bit of a light on the fact. I don't want to see the the moral scruples because I I don't I don't want to cast it so uh, villainously in, in in the sense that they just want to make money. Everybody knows that, but like, so I'm working a job. For the again for the government, the the government has a law that it essentially can only offer me a ninety working day contract without doing the whole hiring shebang, which they were planning on doing. But that meant that there was a big gap because it takes them so long to do that. So I worked the ninety days, and you know near the end they're like, "Shit, okay, so we need you to go to this placement agency downstairs, and 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 tell them." Uh, you know, like that they're going to get a call looking for an employee that has XYZ skill and whose name starts with C, if you know what I'm saying, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And I'm like, oh, okay, I, I, you're going to hire me through this placement agency. Oh, no, 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 we can't do that. We're just going to ask for a couple of CVs, if you know what I'm saying. I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll just go downstairs. So I go down to the placement agency. And, and I say, yeah, you're going to get a call likely looking for, you know, looking for a position, uh, looking for a um, uh, a person. But they're really just they're looking for me is essentially what it is. So they're like, OK, we get what you're saying. Wink, wink. And I'm like, OK, I feel really dirty right now. And and uh, and then, of course, you know, they get the call and then they sit down. And I, of course, have been being paid X amount for the first 90 days when I was working, you know, this job directly for the employer. And then they were like, okay, we're going to pay you X, you know, Y amount. Um, and they're going to take their cut. And I'm like, wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. I said, I brought you this contract. Like you would not have even been offered this if I wasn't coming in your door saying you were going to get this call. I made this happen. Were you, and, um, and so we got into like a negotiation where they're like, well, we could take less of a cut than we normally do. And I'm like, yeah, otherwise I'm just going to bring it somewhere else and they're going to cancel the contract. So it was like they took 5%, I think, which is not much. And I, I I, jacked it up on my employer as well. So they had to pay me more. So I was getting more actually through the agency than I had been previously. But just their, their – like the ability to do that, like to the whole thing, it still to this day sticks with me as like, you know, not playing by the rules, sort of like being like, okay, we don't care. Like we're just, we just want to make, we just want to make money. Like you, he came in, he's bringing us this, this contract. We're going to work with him, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So it's not, I'm not saying it's their fault, it's, or the employer's fault. It's just felt skeezy. And I just associate placement agencies with like trying to make, a quick buck off of human toil, for right or wrong. It's hmm.
0: it's funny though because that story you could look at it the exact opposite way because I in, when you're telling it, it sounded like the government is the idiot in the in the in the picture who is like oh, we want to hire you, but we cannot because of all these mountains of policy, and then so you have a pro- you have a problem now because they want to keep you that they have that problem you want to stay there you have that problem and the only person who can solve it is a placement agency. And, and like, yes, it is annoying for them to have it drop into their lab, but like, they know the deal, right? The government can't hire you; you can't keep working there. But they're like, whatever, we'll be your intermediary, and uh, and and sh- like, I I mean, if I was them, I'd be like, yeah, twenty percent, and then they're and then you're gonna be, you know, you're you negotiated rightly so, be like, look, I brought you this, I go to another one, uh, and they all probably would have played the same game to some extent. So you negotiated sounded like a pretty good thing for yourself in the end. But really, it was like they were the solution to, to a problem your employer
2: had and a problem you had,
0: which ultimately led to your benefit,
2: right? So absolutely, absolutely, it, that is exactly why – uh, my point from the beginning stands in the sense that I don't feel good about that. I don't have good, warm, fuzzy feelings about this placement agency coming to my rescue and helping me out, right? So that's do you have good, warm,
0: fuzzy feelings towards the government for being dumb and not able to hire no, you?
2: No, I totally was really pissed about that situation with them. Obviously, they're really easy to be angry at in that situation, right? Um but like what I'm saying is when I go back to the necessary evil nobody on the employee side walks away feeling great about their dealings with a placement agency so that's my point again here with this it's like yes what you're saying is absolutely true and almost any way you frame dealings with placement agencies you can spin to the positive you can be like well you know they um, you know Bo they cancelled three contracts with you they jerked you around or whatever but then eventually you get your ccts job which has led into a career right so in a way your career started with them and they but like your feelings towards the placement agency that even started you in your career might be like screw them they screwed me a whole bunch of times or they they didn't compensate me correctly or or you know people just have negative feelings and i have negative feelings from my one experience which as mike points out could totally be perceived in a positive way but most people don't look at it that way for yeah. better or for yeah, worse and i'm not necessarily yeah. saying it's a placement agency's fault
1: and it's not not everyone's in a situation where they're dealing with placement agency where their income is okay right like you know even a lot of people who are well-placed and are used to making a higher salary, still have mortgages and kids to raise and money needs to go out and come in. And that's important. And, you know, when you start running dry on funds and people, there's no incentive, there's no public good. And I think this is where I wanted to kind of take at least some of the conversation about not just the state of what placement agencies are today, but what it means for us as a society. Like, like, no employer has to hire you. And so, a recruitment agencies, they're, they're profit-driven. This is the important, like, they're not benevolent. I think we've covered that here. They're profit-driven. So, if you're a worker who's not going to be reliable in any sense, you're a loss. And so, you're not worthy of help. And like, you know, the more conservative side of me is like, well, that's just how the world works. You got to be of value to have people want you, like grow up, strap on your boots. But there's like a fundamental flaw in that thinking, you know, because recruiters are only going to value you for where they see value. So if in, in your 40s, you want to pivot career wise, let's say you've been a salt miner all your life and now you want to get into I.T., it won't happen. <laughs> no, no. Cobalt mining. Okay. <laughs> if you want to get into cobalt mining, it won't happen. It's too late. You don't have the training and required certifications. Take decades to become a cobalt miner. And, and so any recruiter you go to is only going to value you for where they can place you, which is customer service jobs, janitorial jobs, or salt mining, which you're freaking sick of, but is the only industry you can make money in. So they're not incentivized. To help you pivot or do the career change. And and I just feel like that's fundamentally a problem. Because we do perceive placement agencies as the people that are supposed to be there to help us. Now really learning institutions are supposed to do that. But they're failing us. You know. I mean we talked about the education system a lot. So I kind of feel like placement agencies. They have no obligation to help our country's workforce be any better. They're just there to turn a profit. You're turning tricks. And and I feel like that's fundamentally flawed when we have a country where we want to make sure our workers are developed, have skilled jobs. We kind of lay it all at the feet of school, but a lot of our most important learning happens in the employments that we get and the work that we do with our lives. So if you're someone that needs a job, kind of makes sense that like, that onus should be on recruiters to help develop workforce and if someone wants to pivot to help develop the worker in that direction. So so but I don't think a profit profit driven company will ever be incentivized to do that. So when and when Mike was like, "Why well, is there no centralized internet service? Is there no way to do this?" and and I that's my thinking is that like placement, job placement, decisions about career if not a government service, should be a publicly funded community service that we all Invest in and benefit from. Because giving it to private entities is they're just they're just there to make money. They're just they're just there to get their grubby little hands and do the networking thing and make money. Kinda like how realtors do it. They know people selling houses, they know clients. If the clients and sellers can manage to connect without them, the realtor makes no money. (laughs) And so so but I think careers are really important where houses, I don't know, maybe you could argue that that's not needed. So that's but, where my head is. I don't know if that makes you think of well, anything it's, or it's...
0: it's, but it's interesting. Cause you, you like, I agree with a lot of your points and uh, largely I'm on the same page. I get I, the place where I have a bit of a sticking point. Is that like, but that's the whole basis of like of our economy, you know, sure. it, the whole basis of our society is this profit driven motive in the sense that like for most companies, uh, most companies are just like, they don't really care who, who they hire. Uh, I, I mean, especially the low hanging fruit jobs of like call center work, which I've done some call center work. They, they don't, whoever runs the call center makes money by having bums and chairs calling people all day, to, whether it's to sell credit cards or do surveys, it doesn't matter. They don't care about you. They, ca- they don't care who does it. They just need someone to do it. So they don't care about you either. So there's like, get a placement agency. Like, we need a bunch of people. Like, placement is like, we don't care about people either. We'll take, you know, but that's, that's how it all works and it's like sure there there are better jobs but ultimately it's like if you're an employer you don't care about anybody period you care about someone to perform x function and i don't care if it's candidate xyz if mm-hmm. they're all qualified throw a dart at the wall really and and, i mean that's the nature of work that's the that's the nature of being in a job market i hate that it's called that but it really it really is i mean there's a job out there that there's a hundred jobs that any of us may be good at but like no one job no one no employer cares about you as an individual they just care about having the service fulfilled if you do that properly they'll pay you and a, and a, and a good employer will, will give you other added benefits but ultimately if you leave they don't really care they'll get someone else so i mean it's all like that and if in a placement agency they're just part of that chain they're like well these people they don't care about people they just want they just want service they just want functions fulfilled and we and, and and a placement agency is just like well we have people who need employment and these people who need functions fulfilled let's just plug them in and take a little cut off the top that's our service me that's just what everything is so Mm -hmm. i agree with you bo in the sense that i'm like yeah i wish your society didn't function like that it does uh i think it's kind of it's kind of crappy except for you know you can find all these little pockets here and there where it's not like that but mostly it is Uh, so i just feel like they're just playing the game same as everyone else yeah with my customer service background and my manager
1: background like i've gotten a few recruiters Sat down and had that, you know, let's meet your manager. Let's see what you're going. But post long hair bow. Remember when I used to be short hair, look conformist kind of bow? And I'm pretty sure like, hey, this is a highly saleable manager. Let's bring him in to the recruitment agency. And then they meet me and they're like, I can't pitch this to anybody (laughs) based on physical appraisal. And I know it's happening. So I think that I, See, I, I think that's part of it too. You know, it's just
2: before rolling into verdicts. The one other thing that I that I find and I'm thinking about my experience from earlier, uh, as well in this, is like so we are in a government town, but most major corporations like the Microsofts, the Googles, all of these places. Mm. Um, they They have onerous hiring processes, like it's not just government, it's in a lot of places L- organizations do big, uh, yeah, but
0: like these piece pieces are not the massive employers, like the retail sector dwarfs them right the service sector dwarfs them they they're 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 a narrow you know tech companies are great, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, go work for Google. it's like not that many people work for Google, way more work for McDonald's. Like their McDonald's is a mass employer, Starbucks is a mass employer. You know, service and retail are mass employers, and any of these tech. Like I, I'm not disagreeing that they have onerous hiring process, but they're they're the they're at the they're a niche. They're looking for highly skilled, small group of individuals, and that's just not accessible to most of us.
2: Yeah, I hadn't gotten really to my point yet, um, <laughs> which was. Uh, which is that there's a lot of organizations that have onerous hiring processes across the board. My question is, do, do placement agencies uh, – like if placement agencies didn't exist, would it force these other organizations to have more expedient hiring processes? Do they rely on the fact that these agencies exist to have – shitty ones or to be able to be able to like well we don't need to do a fast hire because if we if we did have to do a fast hire we would use this employment agency so we'll just do these super comprehensive really long take forever multi-stage hires because you know we we can those will get us our big staff long term and for shorter hires we have the placement agencies whereas if the placement agencies did um did not exist wouldn't they be forced to do a better job hiring themselves.
0: Well, I mean, so I've I don't know too much about this, but um, there's one of the tech companies in Ottawa, Shopify, which is just like growing. Everyone's like, oh, Shopify and stuff. So my wife's friends with the guy who is a recruiter for Shopify. So they do their own recruiting, and it it sounds like from what he was telling her that it's not, it's not onerous really in the sense that like people put in their CVs and if it's t- t- so they do their own hiring, but it's not convoluted in the sense that uh, it's like, okay, you, you have, you know, you're looking for a job as a developer there or something like that. It's like, okay, yeah, you have this experience, this experience. He meets with you. He likes the cut of your jib, uh, basically. Uh, so you you meet, the, you meet the tech qualifications and then it's like, he, he just has a sense of what, the people they have are. And then if you fit in well with their, or, or you provide something that they don't have, like say you might speak Spanish and they don't have anyone to speak Spanish. And he's like, well, I'll just hire the, that you then. And they just do it because uh, they're not constrained by giant policy things. They're a fast moving company. So they move quick uh, but they also have enough money that they have their own pers their own people doing it. Right. Like if you, I don't know that I, I think Shopify, you know, certainly when they're starting up did use recruitment, agencies and 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 does to, to get going but like probably again it's just to get some people in there and then they shed the ones who are no good and keep the ones who aren't so like does it will it force them to do it better like if they didn't exist i don't know again i think they're mostly catering to that low-hanging fruit job the call centers the um the, the, the just like the, that that op- that crappy office work and i mean a lot of the Temp stuff, even in the government, that gets filled by these is administrate is administrative, which is the very like, okay, hey, we need you to photocopy this stuff. It's the menial work of office people that gets temped out through these places. Which again, they're just like, they're like, we don't care who does our photocopying or books these meetings. We just need someone to do it. And and temp person's like, well, I got this person who needs a damn paycheck, and they'll do your photocopy. Okay, great, send them in, done. You know, so like, is it if they didn't exist, would it make that person? hire their admin person with more thought and care. I don't know. Ultimately they, they just want someone to do the thing. Um, they're constrained. So they're looking for a way around it. You know, Pe- I think, I think that these place managers fulfill a need. That's why they exist. Right. And, yeah. and I mean, I would agree with, with having a broader conversation about like, why is this need there? How else should society be structured differently or better or better? But I mean, that's a broader conversation than, than this here. Yeah,
2: I guess. Yeah. I guess it is, but again, like we've been in a lot of other topics where you guys have pushed that conversation and oh, said. I'm that, happy to talk uh, more. About well, it. no, I, I'm not. I'm not saying do it because we've already spent a lot of time on this topic. I'm just, I'm just saying that like, like there's been a lot of change the world type conversations on this this podcast not being constrained by well that's just how it is you know there's a need there and this is how it works and um and and i I feel like it's funny because you know i feel like me of all people have been the most negative on the placement agencies and we'll see how how verdicts land i think we'll all be probably in the same ballpark but at the same point uh um i do i do think like the placement i do agree with what you're saying about the low-hanging fruit in many regards and the types of jobs i think there's different types of placement agencies and some that cater to more professional uh professional work i do think that when people reach a certain stage in their career they might incorporate themselves or or become uh you know consultants in that and and move out of that sphere as well so um but that said I, i guess i'm ready to roll into verdicts you guys
1: yeah, I think sure. I'm, I think I'm I think I'm about there. I mean, it's a big topic.
2: Feels like we've been on this for a long time now. All right, sort let's
1: uh, let's bring in the farm animals. Well, remember we spent ten minutes on um, uh, what Food. we ate for dinner. Food
2: and my brain
0: problems. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All um. right, here come the farm animals. They're on their way in. Where are they? <laughs> <laughs> go first. no oh, okay I, I have to go before the end though because I'm the host
2: um I really want to come down negatively on this topic big time just because of but I realized why and I I was sort of transparent with it. Uh, early on but by saying how I feel, I see them as necessary evils placement agencies. Um, and I see them as, uh, they do provide a service, uh, but I don't necessarily, you know, think that they care about people. In fact, I, I definitely think that they do not, which is funny because they traffic in people. They, um, you know, they, they facilitate, the hiring uh, process, but they have nothing to do with the actual work being done. Um, so the person that is hired through a placement agency, wherever they're hired at, they may be having a great experience where they feel like they're treated like a person and they get along well with their colleagues. Or they might be having a horrible experience. The placement agency has no say in any of that. The placement agency just places them. They are a middleman. They take a cut. And my feeling generally about middlemen that take cuts is is negative, because I would I would like to see people just um, making connections on all levels without the need for a, a middleman. But the reality is, as these guys have said, and it's true, is that we don't live in a world where that's the case. Like people need the middleman for multiple reasons, um, and uh, you know they could be new in town, they could be at the end of the rope. Uh, they could just need access to an an a, a network. Um, they you know they could just be starting in their career. There's a zillion reasons, and employment um, agencies provide options for these folks, um, many of which could lead them down the path to like full time careers. So there's a lot that you could spin. Positively, And when Mike took my story earlier and spanned it positively, you can do that with almost any placement agency story. But yet most people don't feel positive about placement agencies. And why is that? It's because they resent the middleman. And I get that. I'm one of those people. So for all those reasons, I'm going to say that placement agencies are bullshit. Bullshit. I don't
1: know. Where's the bullshit button?
2: I'm going to say it again. Bullshit. (laughs)
1: All right. There we go. I'm going up next. All right. um, So I've had a lot of experience with them. I think we can do better as a society. Uh, I think I think the fact that these are profit driven opportunists that we've grown to rely on is no indication that they're actually of any true societal value. Um, I just think that, uh, you know, like all businesses, they're going to look at is it cost effective or isn't it? And generally speaking, we live in a services-based world. Uh, Many businesses operate through partnership with other services because it's cheaper to rent out certain things than to just have it all in-house. And that seems like kind of common sense, but I think the key thing here with employment is that it matters a lot to the people. And this is about quality of living for everyone. And, you know, for us as Canadians, it's important and and I don't think I don't think enough is done in that regard to leave just the situation the way it is, or leave it up to stupid LinkedIn, which is the worst site on the internet um so um <laughs> the the I think there's a lot more that we could do I mean, I definitely empathize and in practice like it, to be practical about it. recruitment agencies I've benefited a lot from they are useful they do serve a function, but I don't have to be that happy about any of it. And and I don't lack, I, I lack the imagination in this regard to actually have anything super constructive to offer as what would be the replacement other than I think something that's disincentivized away from profit and a little more focused on uh, improving the, the health, welfare, and quality of professional lives of working class citizens in a country would be great. So for that reason, my verdict on placement agencies are going to be that they're bullshit. Mm. The rare bullshit verdict from me. Bullshit. He didn't go one way or the other. I think they're bullshit. Uh. I sure.
2: I th- I thought he was going to go bad, and and if he had, I would have been like, God damn it, Crofton, you should have gone bad too. But now we're well, both. Well, okay, uh, so, um.
0: Yeah, this is a bit of an interesting one. In some ways, my I've meandered through my head on this. And it's the whole, like, what would the world be better like? If it was like this, it would be better, but let's focus on the way it is now. And I would just be like, start by not, I said it a little bit, deluding ourselves that any employer gives a shit about any employee. That's We know that's not true. Everybody knows that's not true. Your employers spend a lot of money and effort making you think it is true, but it's not. The only reason an employer ever gave a, shat of a shit about anyone uh, was because they needed you to perform a function and later because you had a union that said, F you employer, we're withholding our labor. So so it's like, that's the system. Like a union is the only thing that has made any employer pretend to care about employees and that frankly, that's what they do. They pretend to care about you. So that's that's the way it all is. That all sucks. I hate all of that. I wish it wasn't like that. It could be better. It will be better one day. It's not better now. Uh, so, in all that context, my experience has been very limited with these things. Has been like when I'm in that position, and it's been rare for me because I've been lucky. There's been times where I felt like I've had my family to fall back on for a little bit of support. Uh, I'm I'm now married. I can I can. My wife has a good job. If I was I could take my time to find a job. I have that privilege and that's a huge privilege. But for there's been a window in my life where I was on my own. My family did not have resources to help me and I felt like fucking alone with the with the with with the floor falling out from under me where I needed uh and this is what it felt like safe harbor somewhere. Just a goddamn job. It wasn't a job I wanted. I didn't I don't want any job, right? I needed any job. I didn't care what it was. Uh, and I was felt like it was scrambling because I needed a paycheck soon, and I was like, "All oh, these jobs that are good are gonna take a while. I need something now." You go into a placement agency. They're like, "Hey, happy to see you here. Well, let's see what we have. We can maybe we can get you working soon." It felt like safe harbor, right, in the shittiness, which is the employment market that we live in. It's and it is shitty when you're looking for a job. Everyone knows it's super stressful. Uh, and at least when I've gone into an employment agency, they make it seem like, oh, we'll try to get you something. And and when I've been in that situation, what I've been looking for is like a paycheck to get food on my table and me to stop being homeless to give me the peace of mind to then go and find a better job to have that. So I was like, okay, look, these they all suck. All your points are good. I agree with them all. But in the context of what these things are, I think that they're kind of good. They're a landing place. For people in need who are looking to just get through to the next thing, so I'm saying good. They're, they're good. Really? And I You're I can't believe this? I'm saying that. Just to, be, just to be fair, but that's where that's you, where it you lands. said good for, for I oh said my god good for placement agencies. That that I'll take a. If, a if it was like state, uh, look, if <laughs> something topic, wrong with this, is broken. Listen, this if this broken. if the if the topic was like state of the job market and. And capitalism, I'd be like, bad, 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 bad. <laughs> but that's I'll, take,
2: uh, I'll take 25% of that verdict, Mike. So uh, that brings you to bullshit, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, you took a 25%
0: cut. Me for now. That's fine.
2: (laughs) Well, also, now we're replacing you with Scott Johnson. It was great you working with our organization. You get no health benefits. I just found out. out. (laughs) Let's face
0: it. This is the shitty job of podcasts. Scott Johnson's not going to work here. You're going to
2: get some fuck with no podcast. I just found out what
1: the fee was going to be for the recruiter to get Scott Johnson in here.
0: Yeah, you're not going to get your like. LinkedIn
2: Are you willing to put a awesome, second mortgage
1: awesome on
0: resume, your... Croft? And you're going to get Joe Schmuck being like, "I know how to speak." I was going to say we,
1: we could. We, I was going to ask you, can you put a second mortgage on your house so that we get Scott Johnson? But then Mike talked over me twice, and so sure. I'm going to go to Money Mart and take out a loan, and we're going to hire Scott Johnson. So, Michael, stop talking over me, goddamn! Right. <laughs> um, uh... So, if you want to tell us, uh, if you want to talk over us, or tell us how much you agree with Bo that linkedin is like vomit ate vomit and then vomited vomit and then made a website and then shit on the website and published it you can do that by emailing us (laughs) at goodmanbull at (laughs) gmail.com goodmanbull at gmail.com please send us your letters especially if they're about linkedin good or bad we'll take both i know crofton he's he's i'm really hurting his feelings with this he loves linkedin it's this is if you had to choose between linkedin and pizza but i really should if you had to choose between linkedin and pizza he'd go with linkedin so the the wait is that true no it's not true at all you just seem visibly like upset every time i say like linkedin it's, it's, it's just it's like a shriveled penis of websites Facebook
2: and you literally said it's the worst fi- website on the internet. Now you're shitting on LinkedIn what is? saying it's the same thing. Facebook. Yeah, so Facebook sucks, yeah, yeah, well no. hang, on. Uh-huh. hang on, hang on, hang on, hang <laughs> on. Let me clarify.
1: Okay, I, I see I see there's a logical problem. Let's say you told me you have to choose one of the two sites or die to be fully invested in LinkedIn, Facebook, or death. Those are your choices.
0: <laughs> i choose sweet but, choose. I would place. choose
2: Facebook. I would choose oh, Facebook. No, I'd probably choose Facebook. You heard it here first, uh, guys. Bo is a Facebook lover. So is Mike. <laughs> um, I agree. Facebook's a great site. Um, you such a shill. Look at this bastard. <laughs> such a privileged Man, shill. I'll let, I'll let Bo do his cleanup duties here. He's got to do. All right. Uh,
1: um, anyway, so if you want to your cleanup duties email us at goodbadbull at gmail.com uh if you want to find out more about the show you're listening to this but somehow don't know where you got it from that's goodbadbull.com there you will find links to subscribe on twitter youtube um uh facebook we are on facebook so you can like our page there if you like we just post when there's new episodes it's basically spam but that's where you get to find out when new episodes go live so that's the service it offers (laughs) Um, now, uh, and I would say your Twitter account isn't spam because there's great pictures of us that we post every week now. So it's a photo thing. It's like we're, it's like we're Insta anyways. Um, what's next on the list? Oh yes. We have patrons and we have a ton of new patrons. Actually, there's a ton of new listeners. So welcome <laughs> new listeners. And for anyone <laughs> wanting to chip in and help out the show, we have a page up at Patreon patreon.com that's patreon.com slash good bad bull, and uh there you can chip in a buck a month, help us pay for server costs, keep this sweet show on the internet free and uh well, not free for you but free for others and uh, <laughs> um yeah, just go there and sign up uh, I'd like to thank all the people who signed up recently i don't have the list in front of me, but thank you. one of them was my sister, so amanda if you 're listening. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing finally she's been a listener since like episode one she loves her show you can actually use facebook on our good, bad or bullshit dot goodbadbull.com site to comment on shows and she's put some lengthy comments in there which I encourage listeners and you both to read on some recent episodes I that's I, did true. Read I, I yeah they're comments.
2: good I tried to reply but then it didn't work yeah
0: um, <laughs> I can't. I, I won't use
1: facebook so I can, I can uh, uh, we should still I be able to you. see them even though you're not logged in <laughs> All right, uh, that covers like the thank yous, I think, for the most part. Goodbadbull.com, it's all there. All you got to do to subscribe to the show is good goodbadbull.com. Scroll down and click the link that says subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. All right, we also have personal social media presences in spite of all of our kind of negativity that we just displayed towards it. So um, I'm at Bo Schwartz on the internet, Crofton, but our listeners want to find out more about Uh, you and where to follow you on your instas and stuff where can they do that
2: they can uh follow me in my well-placed tweets at croft and steers on twitter
1: nice and always with the pun 205 twitter puns always working the topic into his call out that's more followers than i have (laughs) (laughs) and also uh michael if our listeners want to find out more about you where can they find you
0: uh, They can find a lack of presence on Twitter of me, at ML Hodgins. There's an occasional tweet. It's like an Easter egg. If you follow long enough, you might see a rare random tweet from me and be like, whoa, look, you said nothing of value. Wow, I I'm still following this guy block. Like,
1: he tweets so infrequently <laughs> yeah. that sometimes I just uh, retweet him because I'm just so happy to see that he's made a yeah, tweet. Yeah, you'll see
0: a random tweet, and everyone will be like, I thought I blocked that guy, but he just yeah. doesn't tweet.
2: It's <laughs> sympathy retweet.
0: Hey, <laughs> I had a... I had Wait. a, a I have a question. Is I have Patreon a weird... is Patreon the uh, uh, middleman of uh, supporting you know creative people? Um, yes, yeah. Is, so, it, is so it the placement agency for online?
1: It's not a placement agency, but yes, it connects patrons of the arts with Crofton artists. hates middlemen. He said it with artists.
2: I don't like middlemen in general. So I was thinking the other day about you know are you talk... middle management? We talked about <laughs> we talked about um, we talked he about like himself. the verdicts and stuff like this on the show uh, episode. Mike's today threw me for a loop around episode two hundred, but I was thinking if like you could go into science fiction alternate universes of what our idealized worlds would be, maybe based on our verdicts. I was running them through in my mind because I was like, Croftons would probably end up looking pretty similar to what to what our current world is now yep. with minor cha- with minor There's variants more access to video it, games in and- m- Minor variances. Mike's, Mike's. would be some sort of like socialist paradise where everybody's wearing white uniforms. Hey, it's that, utopia, no, man. Yeah, no, no, whatever. Yeah, sure. And then then Bo, Bo's. I just had like, like trying to consolidate all his verdicts. I just like no. You, it's just Blade
0: Runner twenty forty nine. You just need to go watch
2: that, and that's Bo's world. He wants to live that, in. That's, that's uh, well potentially A like shit
0: pile with awesome online stuff. That's true.
2: <laughs> Bo lives in in the world of. Blade Runner, yeah, maybe. I just imagine going into Bo's wor- world and hearing like random screaming in the background from people. Oh my god! And you're like, oh geez.
0: Actually, you know what I think it would be? Bose would be Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Crofton's would be basically the same, the the current world, which kind of blows and shows his lack of vision. <laughs> and, and and mine and mine would be would probably be Star Trek. Minus, these, minus the outer space, like, fighting with aliens. The part where they're, like, at Earth, and everyone's like, la, 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 and everyone sort of just works at a great job that, they, that they're that they passionate about, and there's no money, and everyone gets along and knows about science. Like, that. I would be the
2: Star Trek. And then they, that's at the beginning of the movie before the aliens arrive and wipe them all out.
0: And to be clear, it would be the, uh, yeah, the uh, Star Trek The Next Generation on Earth.
2: Just to be fair, I would be <laughs> Captain Kirk.
1: Uh, man, what's going on with you and Star Trek? We ended like two episodes ago, because I'm doing posts on our shows. We also ended a show talking about Star Trek. It's relevant, man. I feel like you really want to watch Discovery, but you some for some reason you're refusing.
0: Look, a part we, we all look brain... around with tricoders in our pockets now. Okay. It's because of Star Trek that we have it, not Steve Jobs. He just saw Star Trek and said, I want that thing.
2: He... Yeah, yeah. Uh, try corners. <laughs> That don't. was your
0: idea of a <laughs> i B. I've seen the fucking gifts you post both. Are you a fan of the Good, Bad, or Bullshit podcast? Consider
1: supporting the show by becoming one of our valued patrons at patreon.com. For as little as the cost of one cup of coffee a month, your generous support will help keep the random topic generator oiled and fueled for future generations. Find out more
0: at patreon.com slash goodbadbull.